0: got your Bibles this morning, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, very familiar setting of Scripture. I don't know how this little message is going to turn out here today. I'm just going to, I'm going to launch out into it and hope that we can say something that will help all of us here today some way or another. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9, reading down. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Some very important words here that we need to try to wrap our, our minds around and hearts around. Hallelujah. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith and hope and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you just from this little simple thought this morning. Just a little simple title we've given this little Things, things, things that I do know. Hallelujah. I don't know everything. And you don't know everything. Amen. Collectively, we could put all of our knowledge in this room together. And we would, you know, somehow still come up short somewhere in knowing everything. Hallelujah. There's something about knowing everything that has to be attributed to God himself. And I'm telling you something this morning, we all need to appreciate what we do know. We all need to be thankful for what we do know. Hallelujah. Amen. And that what we are learning every day in our walk with God. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Amen. I don't know how you feel this morning, amen, about these verses of Scripture that I read to you, amen, but I've got to be honest, amen, I'm just going to be honest with you, going to be open to you this morning, praise God, hallelujah. Sometimes when I'm struggling, amen, to understand exactly what a writer is saying, amen, I often find myself wishing, amen. Hallelujah! If that's even and if that's even permitted for us, <laughs> Amen. I, you know, I, I don't even know if it's permitted that we walk around wishing, Amen. Maybe, maybe I should use the word hope, hoping, Amen. I, you know, but sometimes I, when I read verses of Scripture like I just read, I find myself wishing, Amen, that it could have been written, Amen, a little bit clearer for me. Amen. You may read things, amen, that are perfectly clear to you that I turn around and read the same thing. and It's not quite so clear to me. So I find myself very often thinking and praying, God, I wish that could have been put just a little bit clearer so I could understand it just a little bit more. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what I want to try to do this morning, what I want to try to do this morning is just, amen, hopefully an hour or less Amen, that we're going to be trying to preach to you this morning, amen, is to use another unrelated story, amen, in the Word of God, amen, uh, to help us understand what we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You understand what I'm doing? Amen, I've read these verses of Scripture, I have confessed to you, amen, that I wish that it could have been worded in clearer words, Amen. So that when we read it it would just be obvious to what the writer was saying. Amen. So now, amen, I want to use another setting of scripture to help me, amen, understand what Paul was writing here. Second Timothy chapter four, verse 19 and verse 20. Praise God. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul is writing to Timothy here. Amen. And he realized he's in Rome. He's writing to Timothy. He's realizing possibly or probably that His time, amen, is coming quickly to a close here on this earth. So he's writing a final letter, amen, to Timothy, amen. He's closing this letter out, amen, with a few words, amen, to Timothy. Praise God, because he realizes that he, amen, will probably or possibly never see, amen, Priscilla and Aquila again. Praise God. He would very possibly never be able to visit the household of one Sephorus here again. Hallelujah. So he's asking Timothy amen. He said salute Priscilla and Aquila. Salute them. He's basically saying salute them for me. Salute them. Amen. And the household of one Sephorus. Amen. Salute them also. Hallelujah. Verse amen. Erastus Abode at Corinth. Hallelujah. But Trophimus, have I left at Miletus sick. And then after that, he writes a few more verses of scripture, but this is all I'm going to read to you. Amen. Erosus abode at Corinth. But Trophimus, but Trophimus, Tro, whatever this guy's name, Trophimus. I'll just call it that. Amen. Have I left in Miletus sick sick. Paul is ending his letter to Timothy. His last request to Timothy was, salute Priscilla and Aquila, the household of once a forest. Amen. These are all people that have labored with the Apostle Paul in his earthly ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. He realizes this may be the last time that he can get a word through to them. So he's asking Timothy to salute them on his behalf. Hallelujah. And then he writes the word, erasthus abode at Corinth. Praise God. Amen. Last that I left Corinth, I left Erastus there. But Trohemus have I left at Miletum sick. Praise God. Why is this little verse of Scripture inserted into the Word of God? Why is it included, amen, into this important letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy here? Amen. But Trohemus, I have left at Miletus sick. Hallelujah. Amen. It is there. Is it there? Amen. Simply to confuse us or is it there to help us to understand? Hallelujah. Something about God and something about ourselves Hallelujah. Why is this, amen, seemingly insignificant verse of Scripture inserted into the Word of God, amen, for every child of God to read, amen, from that day to this day until the Lord comes? Why is it inserted? Amen. Hallelujah. Is it there to confuse us? Amen. No, I don't think it is. I vote for the latter. Amen. I vote, amen, that it is there to help us understand, amen, something significant about God. Hallelujah. Amen. But it could be confusing if we would let it be confusing. In what way, brother? How, How in the name of Jesus could this little verse of Scripture be confusing to us? Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you something about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul's ministry was very, amen, miracles, amen, and healings were a very big part of the Apostle Paul's ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. He was a man that was known throughout the region. Amen. For wherever it was that he went. Amen. People got healed. People got their miracles. Hallelujah. Amen. Things happened wherever the apostle Paul went. And I've got proof of that. Amen. In Acts chapter 13, verse 11 and 12, one of the first miracles that the apostle Paul, uh, you know, was involved in. I call it a reverse miracle. Amen. And you'll know why when I read the verses of Scripture here, Acts chapter 13, verse 11 and 12. And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Hallelujah. So here the Apostle Paul is in Acts chapter 13. Amen. He's got a man that is opposing him. Amen. In the city and in the place where he is preaching the word of God. This man is in opposition of him, fighting him, coming against him. Amen. And the Apostle Paul simply looks at him in verse 11. Amen. And says this. You can turn it back right quickly. Amen. The hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. The Bible says as soon as that got out of Paul's mouth, immediately they fell on him amidst and a darkness. He started seeking for somebody to lead him around. That was a miracle. It may be a reverse miracle, amen, in, in in our idea of what miracles are all about, hallelujah, amen. But Paul had to get a point across to the guy, to the man, amen, that was standing there warring against him, fighting against him. Hey, amen, you either get on my side or God can take care of you, amen. Hallelujah. When it happened, there was other people that believed, amen, because of this reversal miracle that Paul, amen, was involved in there. In Acts chapter 14, verse 3 and 4, praise God. Amen. In the city of Iconium, praise God, the apostle Paul is involved in what the scripture says here. Long time, therefore, abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord. They're in Iconium, and he's there, and he's preaching the word of the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, Great signs and wonders were done by their hands. Hallelujah. But the multitude of the city was divided and part helped with the Jews and part helped with the apostles. Here's the Apostle Paul again. he's in the city of Iconium. Hey man, he's got other workers in there working with him in this city. Praise God, the Bible says that great signs and wonders were done by them. Not just the Apostle Paul, amen, others were involved, but it was, he was involved in these great healings and signs and wonders and miracles, praise God. Verse 8 through 10 of that same chapter says, amen, And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. Amen. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholded him and perceived that he had the faith to be healed. Amen. Said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped up and walked. Hallelujah. Same chapter. Amen. Just a little while later, Paul sees a crippled man. Hallelujah. Amen. And perceived that he had faith to be healed. He said, stand up and walk. And the man immediately stood up and walked. What what is your point, Brother Morrell? I'm trying to paint a picture to you. Amen. That wherever the apostle Paul went, signs and wonders and miracles happened. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 18 says this. And it came to pass as we went to prayer. They were in a place. They were going to prayer. A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, say, These men are servants of the most high God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Amen. And this she did many days. She finally got on the apostle Paul's last nerve. Wherever they went, this woman that was possessed with the spirit of divination, this soothsayer, amen, that was in the city, she would follow them around and she would boldly cry out, these men are servants of God, amen, and all this stuff that she was saying about them. And I guess when it first started, amen, Apostle Paul, uh, you know, amen, he didn't take it real seriously, but amen, as she did it day after day after day, he finally, amen, she got on his last nerve. Amen. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of her the next day. No, that ain't what it says. Amen. He came out of her that same hour. So possessed or being Delivered. The crippled are being healed. Great signs and wonders and miracles, which I, amen, assume include healings and miracles, amen, are being done by the Apostle Paul. Verse 25 and verse 26, amen, of Acts chapter 16 says this. Hallelujah. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They'd been thrown in jail, amen, for preaching the Word of God. They were in the innermost part of the prison, amen, back there in the dungeon part of the prison. Hallelujah. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They began singing praises to God, amen, and the rest of the prisoners heard them. Guess what happened next? And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all of the doors were opened and everyone's bands, amen, were loosed, hallelujah. Here we got the Apostle Paul in jail for preaching the word of God. God didn't want him in jail, but he had him in jail for a testimony of the power and the glory of God, amen. When they begin to sing, when they begin to pray, an an earthquake came and every jail cell door was opened. Amen. And those prisoners begin to come out of their jail cells. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 19 starts out with the Apostle Paul praying for 12 disciples of John the Baptist. Amen. What did he do? He met the disciples of John the Baptist. Amen. He stopped them. He talked to them. He conversed with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And before it was all said and done, amen, they'd been baptized in water the same way that Brother Kirkland talked about, that Brother Barfield talked about last Sunday morning. They got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and all 12 of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So it's like everywhere Paul's going, something great's happening. Something wonderful's happening. Verse 11 and 12, there's special miracles. Uh, 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 Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, and God wrought special miracles, how? By the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought, amen, unto the sick handkerchiefs. Our aprons and diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out from them. That's one of the scriptures that we use, amen, for anointed prayer calls that we send out. Amen. Hallelujah. So that people can have a point of contact, amen, with an anointed man of God, with an anointed service, amen, with an anointed church, and hopefully that that anointing will go with that prayer cloth wherever it is sent, and they'll get what they need. It happened in Paul's day didn't happen in our day. Hallelujah. Special miracles at the hand of Paul. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 20, verse 9 and 12. Hallelujah. It says this. Amen. And there sat in a window a certain young man by the name of Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. Now, I never preached so long that anybody fell out of the window. But I have preached long enough that I put a lot of people to sleep through the years. Thank God we, you wasn't sitting in the window when you fell out. This guy heard Paul preach. He, got, he was into a long preaching sermon. Hey, man, he slunk, down, he slunk down with sleep, and he fell down out of the third loft and was taken up dead. Guess what Paul did? Paul quit preaching for a minute anyway. It didn't take him long. Hey, man, Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves. For his life is in him. Hallelujah. Amen. This young man that died, amen, from Paul's preaching, Paul went down there and raised him up from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. What is my point in all this this morning? There's really no way of knowing just how many people received, amen, a miracle and a healing at the hands of the Apostle Paul. There's really no way of knowing how many dead were raised. Amen. How many, amen, possessed were delivered Amen. From those spirits of the enemy, praise God. But I'm saying all that to say this, but what about Trohemus? What about the guy? What about the guy Paul wrote to Timothy about that he left in Miletus, sick in body? Acts chapter 20 and verse 4. And they accompanied him into Asia. Sophator of Berea and of the Thessalonians, Aristicus, and Secundus, Gaius of Derby, Timothy, and of Asia, Tych- Ty- Tychicus and Trophimus. Tro- I'm going to get these names one day. Trophimus. So what am, I, what am I pointing out here? You see that last name there? That was the name of the dude that Paul had to leave in Miletus sick. But years before that, at least up to seven or eight years, I think, uh, Trophimus was inactively involved in the ministry of the Apostle Paul, amen, for seven years. Hallelujah. At least we know of seven years, amen, where he was involved in the Apostle Paul's ministry. Amen. He was in the third missionary journey that the Apostle Paul, amen, went to Asia, uh, uh, amen, With that journey that he took into Asia. In Acts chapter 21, verse 28 and verse 29, amen, we find the Apostle, Paul in Jerusalem. Amen. Paul's now in Jerusalem. He's back from his missionary journey. He's went down to to Jerusalem. Praise God. Amen. Verse 28 says, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man. Amen. So Paul is in the temple at Jerusalem. Somebody recognizes him. And they had seen him in the streets of Jerusalem prior to being in the temple with Trophimus. (laughs) I said his name differently. Trophimus. What are we going to call him, Brother Clint? Trophimus. I'll get it right. Trophimus. They had seen Paul in the streets of Jerusalem with Trophimus. Now they're seeing Paul in the temple in Jerusalem, and all of a sudden these men started crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man that teacheth men all men everywhere against the people and the law in this place and further brought Greeks into the temple and had polluted this holy place. Hallelujah. Next verse. For they had seen before with him in the city city, Trophimus, amen, and Ephesian who they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple with him. Hallelujah. So here they are. Amen, they see Paul, they say, well, amen, it's possible that he's drug, amen, this rotten Gentile into our temple with him. So they rose up against Paul, they rose up, amen, against him, praise God, hallelujah, amen, and, and, and they begin to fight against him, and they drug him out of the temple, and all the things that they did that day, but here, here's all I want to say about that, praise God, amen. Trophimus was there in Jerusalem with the Apostle Paul. He wasn't just going on missionary journeys with Paul. Amen. He was going on private journeys with Paul. Amen. Paul and Trophimus must have been relatively very close friends. Hallelujah. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Amen. The, The church at Macedonia has received an offering Amen, to help other churches that were less fortunate than theirs. Amen, so, amen, the bowels of compassion was moved in the church at Macedonia, and they began to collect their offerings. Amen, and when they got word to Paul that they had their offerings ready, Paul, amen, sent, amen, uh, Titus unto them. Amen, in verse 16 and verse 24. Now, I'm going to read this, amen, tell you what the history says about it. Praise God. Amen, verse 16 through 24. But thanks be unto God which put the same earnest care into the hearts of Titus for you. Amen. I'm sending Titus to you to collect this offering. All right. For indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother. Paul is telling Macedonia, amen, Titus has come to you. Amen. And we have sent with him the brother. Amen. Whose praise is in the gospel throughout all of the churches. Amen. And not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance which is administered by us. Hallelujah. Providing for honest things, not only in the Spirit of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren, amen, be inquired of, they are the messengers of the church and the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show you to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. What in the name of God is Paul writing about here? He's sending men down to Macedonia, amen, to receive this, amen, I guess, great offering that Macedonia has put together to send to other churches. Amen. He don't want to just send one man. So he's sending several men. Amen. But amongst these men is the brother that has been approved of God to be a part of the ministry. That has been approved not only of God but other churches. Amen. To be involved in the Apostle Paul's great and mighty ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, in looking up all of the historical evidence that I have read on this man. This brother who is not named, all of the historical evidence that I've read on this man, all agree that the apostle Paul was sending, you know who? You know who he's sending with Titus? You know who he's sending with the other brethren? Trophimus. They all agree that this brother who has proved himself to be Trophimus. He had been a faithful companion to the Apostle Paul for the last seven years of his ministry. He was an active part of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. He was not only an active minis- uh, min- a part of his ministry, he was a personal friend. He went, amen, with Paul when Paul was not on missionary trips and journeys. Hallelujah. So he had to be a close friend. Amen. But Paul has to leave his companion. Paul has to leave his friend, his co-worker in the ministry in a much sick. Amen. And what could this possibly mean to us? What could this possibly, what meaning could this have for us here this morning? Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2, verse 24 through 29. Apostle Paul says, But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send unto you, afraid of, What is this guy's name? My brother, companion in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger. And he that ministered to your wants. So now the apostle Paul is talking about another friend, another co-worker, another laborer in the ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that you had heard that this co-worker, this friend of Paul's was sick also. I'll I, I give you the next verse tw- through 29. For indeed he was sick, nine to death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Hallelujah. I sent him, therefore, the more carefully that when you see him again you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, amen, Paul, amen, Paul's fellowship, amen, Paul's circle of friends, amen, Paul's fellow laborers in the go- in the gospel, amen, they were all dear to him, all very dear to him, and here we have in Philippians another one of the apostle Paul's companions, sick nigh unto death, the Bible says, Hallelujah but then God then Paul says but God had mercy on him and raised him up out of his sickness. Was Paul was the apostle Paul having some complications understanding how all of this stuff worked? I'm sure he was just like we today amen, are still struggling with exactly how God works. I don't know if you're just quiet because you're bored or if you're just intently listening. I hope you're listening. If you're bored, i feel sorry for you. Hallelujah, because you got 15, to 21 minutes. Just be bored. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul, amen, after seeing hundreds and literally thousands of men and women, boys and girls, that was suffering with sicknesses in their body, amen, and witnessing them instantly being healed, instantly being raised from the dead, instantly delivered, amen, from evil spirits that were possessing their body. Can you imagine a man, amen, in the ministry, having gone from place to place to place to place, and the Spirit of God and the anointing of God, amen, was following him wherever he was going and doing all these mighty, mighty, mighty things. And then watching a friend. And a companion and a co-worker suffer through a long-time illness. I'm sure Paul, I mean, he was a man. He wasn't no superhero. He was a man. And I'm sure he wrestled. God, I've prayed for thousands of other people, and they were instantly healed. Here I got a friend down there in Philippi, and he's sick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. The church prayed and other churches prayed. And, amen. But eventually you and your grace touched him and raised him up. Hallelujah. Amen. But, you know, here he's got this friend down in Miletus, Trophimus. Got this friend down there. I'm sure he spent some time down there with him and prayed a lot of prayers with him. Let me ask you this question. Does it ever seem to us, does it ever seem to us that those that we are closest to Seem to have the hardest time getting their miracles. It may not seem that way to you, but it does to me. Sometimes it seems to us that the people that we're closest to, the people that we love, and the people that we embrace as friends and co workers and co laborers and, you know, and, and, and laborers together in the kingdom of God, sometimes it seems like. Amen. We have a harder time praying those people through to healings and miracles than we do strangers. Just rank strangers. I can't tell you the number of times we've had virtual strangers walk into Higher Praise Tabernacle. The Spirit of God get to moving and they walk up, amen, for prayer. And we pray with them and they get what they need from God. Yet we have people in our church that struggle with sicknesses and diseases and things, amen, for long periods of time and we pray 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 and we pray, pray pray, amen, but sometimes it almost seems like, hallelujah, amen, for whatever reason that we can't get through for them. We do know that Epidiotis, amen, eventually got better, hallelujah, but reality is we don't know about Trophimus, we got a we we report that Ephroditus got his healing. But in the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, we don't have a final report on Trophimus. We simply don't know what happened with him. Did he recover from this sickness? Did he live? Did he die? Amen. We don't know. I hope he did, amen, but the fact of the matter stands today, we simply don't know the last chapter, amen, of what happened to him. Amen. We do know the part of the story. We do know the part of the story. Amen. Where evidently he had heard the gospel. He had repented of his sins and got baptized in Jesus' name. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. He grew in God to the point that the Apostle Paul, amen, wanted him to be a part of his team. Amen. And then the church agreed to send him with Paul wherever he went. Amen. And there he labored for at least seven years Amen, in the Apostle Paul's ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what I'm thankful for this morning? I am grateful for that part of the story. I'm glad that I know that part of the story. And I am absolutely positively sure, amen, that the Apostle Paul prayed for Tophimus' healing. Hallelujah. He probably prayed many times every day for his friends. But notice with me, when the Apostle Paul has to leave him him in Miletus, Amen. he didn't say to Timothy, notice this. He did not write to Timothy and say, Tophimus' faith is failing him. He didn't mention Tophimus' faith. He didn't say, Tophimus must have sinned somewhere. And he's battling this sickness because of sin. It might help some of us to not attribute sin to people just because they're battling sickness. Just saying. Just saying. So, Phemus has disqualified himself and God is punishing him. Paul didn't say any of that stuff. Paul didn't say, my friend is sin. My friend has disqualified himself. My friend, his faith is failing him in his older age. And, you know, he didn't say any of that stuff. Praise God. Amen. Sometimes if we're not careful, amen, we'll feel the need to defend God. Amen. Or we'll feel the need to explain why. Amen. He didn't give us what we asked for. Amen, we should not ever, amen, get to the point that we feel like we need to defend God or explain, amen, why God didn't give us what we asked for. Amen, God does not need us explaining him and his ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to know this. It's important that we know this. You don't have to do that. You don't have to explain why God didn't give you what you asked for. You don't have to try to place blame on anybody or anything. Hallelujah. For as as Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You remember what he said? For now... I see through a glass darkly. For now we only know in part. What is he talking about now? He's talking about now in this present world. In this present world, the best that I can ask for is to see through a glass darkly. Amen. Right now in this present world, amen, the best that we can ask for is to only know God in part. Why am I saying that? Amen. Hallelujah. Because that's the best we get down here. See, to fully understand God would put you on the same level as God. And God has no equal. (laughs) Amen. If we fully understood God right here in the right here and now, amen, we would be equal with God. Amen, and God has no equal. We'll never be equal with God. We'll never fully understand God. We'll never see God, amen, in the fullness, amen, that, he, that we will see him in someday in the future, amen, when we actually get to lay eyes on him and actually get to hear, amen, his voice speak to us, hallelujah, and we've got eternity for him to set us down, Amen. I don't even know if he's going to do that, but hey, Hallelujah! I'd appreciate if he'd set us down and explain some of this stuff to us. Amen. But we're not going to get a full explanation, and we're not going to fully understand God in this world. And you and I need to know that God doesn't even expect us to fully understand. The Apostle Paul said again: For now, right now, in this present world, the best that we can hope for. Amen, right now is that we see that we see through a glass darkly. I asked my wife to to drag the pull the drawer out from beside my bed and find me a pair of sunglasses to bring just so I can make a point. Amen. Hallelujah. These are some very dark sunglasses. I wear them when I'm weed eating. Amen. So the junk don't get in my eyes. Hallelujah. But she brought them here this morning just for simply for me to make a point. Hallelujah. Amen. Through these dark sunglasses, I can see you. I can recognize who you are. I see that you're attending the house of God on Sunday morning. Amen. I appreciate you. I can appreciate you being here. You know why? Because I can see you. But let me tell you something. I am seeing you very darkly right now, I can see you, I can recognize you, amen, but I can't see you nearly as clearly with these glasses on as I can with them off, that's the best I can hope for in God, to see through a glass darkly, when I first started pastoring in 1982, amen, long time ago, somebody said long time ago, not nearly, Not as long as Brother Kirkland has Hadn't been in the ministry near as long as Brother Barfield has, but, amen, 40-plus years now of preaching, 37-plus years of pastoring. Amen. But I can still remember back, amen, when I first started pastoring in 1982. I thought I had to have an answer for everybody. I thought I had to have an answer for everybody's situation, everybody's need. Amen. So I put myself through torment trying to find an answer for everybody. I remember it very well. People would come to me with issues and problems and situations, amen, and and I, I would pray and fast and seek God that I could, amen, give them the answer that they needed. Praise God. And I remember, I remember after several years of just putting myself through all kinds of torment, I remember reading these verses of Scripture, and I remember, amen, God speaking to me. Hallelujah. And I remember God saying to me, you don't have to have All of the answers. And I remember in relief, the relief that I felt the first time that I looked at somebody sitting across from my desk in my office. And I remember the relief that I felt when I confessed to them, I don't have an answer for you right now. I don't have your answer. But there's one thing that I will do with you and for you. I will join together in prayer with you that God will give us an answer for you. Did God do that? In some situations, God did eventually give us an answer for their situation. Did God always give us an answer for what we were asking for? No, he did not. Amen. So here today, I'm telling you, I don't have the answer for all of your situations, all of your issues, and all of your problems. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God don't always give me the answer. Praise God. God don't always give you the answer. Hallelujah. Amen. know, Has he always done it? Has he always given us an answer? No, he had not But I now can say that that is something that I know. I didn't know that when I first started, Pastor. I thought I had to have an answer for everybody. But now, 37-plus years later, that's something that I do know. Hallelujah. And this is something I'm talking about this morning, something that I do know that you need to know if you don't already know, and I'm sure that you probably already do. Amen. We don't have answers for everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. But I know now, amen, that to fully understand God would, would be to make us equal with him. Amen. And God has no equals. He doles out understanding to us little bitty pieces at a time. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? He gives us understanding. here a little. There a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, hallelujah. Hey, amen. We get our understandings from God just a little bit at a time. You know why? Because, hey, amen, we couldn't handle it if he dumped us all, dumped it all on us at the same time. We simply could not handle it. Hallelujah. I'm sure that when Paul wrote to Timothy and said, I, I had to leave Trophimus in Meletum sick. I'm sure that when Paul wrote that, He was not ready to walk out on God. Amen. He was not ready to throw in the towel on his ministry. He was not ready to leave the church simply because he did not have an answer for why Trophimus was not healed. I'm sure he walked away confused. Amen. Just like we do sometimes. Hallelujah. We walk away confused. We pray, we fast, we seek God. God would heal and deliver and set free and raise up. Paul left him there with his under with this understanding that he was going to finish his race. That he was going to keep pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul left, amen, Trophimus in Miletus, amen, with the understanding. Hey, I'm not about to throw in the towel now. I'm not about to quit now. I'm going to keep on pressing on. I'm going to keep on marching on. I'm going to keep on preaching on. I'm going to keep on doing what I need to do, amen, to make sure that I get to heaven someday. And you and I have got to have that same mindset. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the whole chapter is all about charity. Somebody say charity. It's all about loving each other and loving God through all kinds of situations. That's what the chapter is about, loving God, loving each other. Amen. Throughout all kinds of situations. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning, amen, what are you and I going to do? We're going to keep on loving God. Amen. Even though we don't fully understand God, right? I hope I can get, that's right, preacher, out of you. That's what we're going to keep on doing. We're going to keep on having church. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on having family prayer on Monday night. We're going to keep on fasting. Amen. We're going to keep on doing all that we know to do right now. Amen. If God ever drops it into our heart, amen, it's something else we need to be doing. Guess what? We're going to take up that part and start doing that too. Hallelujah. So this morning we're going to love God, even though we don't understand God. Hallelujah. Verse 12 of 1 Corinthians says, for now we see through a glass darkly. Somebody say right now. We see through the glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I have known. You know what I know today? Amen. I know that God is bigger than I am. And I know that God is smarter than I am. And I know that God is wiser than I am. Hallelujah! So here's what we need to know: we need to know that God is God, Amen. We need to know that God is in control, Amen. We know we need to know that God has His reasons to do whatever it is that He does, Amen. And when, it, Amen. And when what God is doing is not what we're asking God to do, and it's, Amen, confusing and, Amen, troublesome to us. Hallelujah. Then all we know to do, Amen, according to the Word of God, is simply, Amen. Put our trust in Him, Amen. Understanding that God's got it. God's got it. We, sometimes we ain't got it, but God's got it. Over the past three years, we have watched a dear sister here in our church, Sister Michelle Clark, amen. We watched as she as she has slowly, amen, slipped away from her husband, her children, her church family, her natural family. Amen. We've all witnessed it and seen it and Hallelujah. This past Friday morning, somewhere around 6 o'clock, she passed on into eternity. I don't understand that. Can I be brutally honest? I don't understand that. She was a child of God, sitting in the house of God repented, got baptized in water in Jesus' name, was filled with the Holy Ghost, loved God, loved church, loved worshiping. She always had a big smile on her face. I never had any problem whatsoever out of Sister Michelle Clark. Hey, amen. She was always positive. She was always encouraging me. Hey, amen. She was always, hey, amen, just, hey, you know, she loved God. She loved the church. So why would God take somebody like that? I don't understand it. Hey, amen. I don't know if I've ever prayed for anybody any more than I did for her. But like I said, she left us Friday morning. Amen. But I do understand in her leaving, she is no longer suffering. Amen. She is no longer in a state of confusion. Amen. She knows exactly where she's at right now. She knows exactly who she's with right now. Amen. She knows, hallelujah, amen, that she's where she's supposed to be. Amen. She's not confused. She got her healing. He didn't come the way we wanted it. Amen, but she got delivered from a body, amen, that she no longer desired to be in. I'm telling you, amen, she got her deliverance, her healing, amen, and all of that stuff in one one moment, in one day. Hallelujah, she got set free. Hallelujah, amen. I may not understand it all, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust God through it all. Amen. We've got a 36-year-old young lady in the church that's dealing with cancer right now. Amen. She was, amen, given just a little bit of hope, amen, by the doctors that are treating her. Amen. She's taking chemotherapy. Amen. It seems to be shrinking the cancer in her uh, liver. Amen. It seems to be shrinking it. And that's what they're trying to do. Shrink that liver so they can go and operate, take the cancer out. So Amen. She can live. Praise God. She's been given some hope. Amen. Of possibly recovering. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what I'm going to do? Amen. I'm just going to simply, I'm just going to simply pray that she does recover. Hallelujah. I, you know, I ain't going to pray anything other than that. Amen. I, amen. When I pray for Samantha, I'm going to pray God. Amen. Heal her. Raise her up. Let her recover from this cancer. Oh, I know I'm being a little long winded this morning, but I got this on my heart. Amen. Hallelujah. We learned this Friday evening when we met with Mr. Johnson and his wife, the people that are going to be buying, hopefully buying our building down uh, on 212. Hallelujah. She sat in here and we sat in here a little while. We showed them the church and amen. They were real excited for us and amen and so forth. She sat right there in that chair right there. Hallelujah. As we told her the story about Sister Samantha, she said, hey, 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 I just want you all to understand, I am a cancer survivor. A number of years ago, she had cancer. She lost a lot of weight. She got down to 90 pounds. Amen. When she got down so sick, so weak, so little, God touched her. Amen. And healed her and raised her up. Amen. And here she is still, amen, trying to do a work for God. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's another cancer survivor. Praise God. Amen, we got a 15 or 16-year-old landing, amen, that we're holding up in prayer. Amen, every time that we pray, every Monday night, every time we come to church, every day we're praying for him. Praise God. Amen, that God will let him have that same testimony of being a cancer survivor. We don't have no, we don't have, listen, we don't have no other way to pray. Just like Paul was praying, amen, for, uh, for his, his friend there. Amen. I'm sure he was praying every day God raised him up. But when he left, he didn't know God was going to raise him up or not. What are you saying, Brunerale? We simply cannot quit believing. We simply cannot quit praying and fasting and hoping for healings and miracles to take place. Amen, that was a part, uh, amen, of the apostolic ministry, amen, of the first church that was born in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, hallelujah, amen, that was a very, amen, important part of that first church, amen, that came out of that upper room speaking in other tongues, amen, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, guess what, that is still a very vital, amen, part of the ministry of this end time church. So I ain't giving up on it. I ain't giving up on it. I ain't going to quit believing, praying fast, and hoping that healings and miracles take place. We can't afford to lose that, church. Can't afford to lose it. There are some things that I do know that God still heals and that God still does miracles. I know that. Thank God I know that. He's healed my body several times, and, and I don't have time to go into all the stores, but God has healed me and raised me up. Hey, man, when the doctors came to the bedroom, the hospital room that I was in, looked at me dead, now and said, you should be dead. He said, but I don't know who's watching out for you. He didn't say God because he didn't want to give God the credit. He said, but there's a higher power watching out for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he hadn't been, I'd have died at probably 34 years old or 35 years old. Amen. Been gone a long time. I don't know what would have happened to my wife, my family, the church. I don't know. Amen. I would have hoped that y'all would have picked up and carried on and done a great work for God. Hallelujah. But for some reason, God raised me up out of that and let me continue living. Uh, He's going to do it his way, He's going to do it in His timing. But God still heals, and God still does miracles. So if you need a healing today, if you need a miracle today, believe God for it and pray for it. And let us know and we'll join with you in your prayers. Amen. Sunglasses in the modern sense were invented in 1929 by the man Sam Foster who was the founder of Foster Grant Company, which is still in business today, I think. Amen. Before, amen, modern sunglasses came about, amen, you can trace sunglasses, amen, back to the 12th century, to China, to Rome, even further back than that, amen. It is said that the Roman emperor Nero, amen, would sit in those big coliseums and watch those gladiators fight each other to death, amen, having on sunglasses to protect his eyes from the sun. I'm sure they didn't look like this. I'm sure they may have been crude, amen, and and, and different, amen, than the sunglasses that we wear today. Hallelujah. Amen. They were trying to find protection from sun rays even back then. Hallelujah. Amen. They've traced it back to the Inuit Alaskans. Amen. Hallelujah. The Inuits, amen, they live way up there in Alaska. Amen, has been traced back years before them that, amen, they would take, amen, certain things and they would fix things for their eyes. When they rode out across the snow, when they rode out, amen, through the the hills and valleys and all of that bright snow with the sun shining down on it, amen, could blind a man. They fixed protection for their eyes. Centuries ago, they were looking for ways to protect their eyes. They were trying to find protection from sun rays. In 1936, polarized sunglasses first became available. Today, polarized glasses, amen, with pronounced UV protection, amen, is the industry standard. Amen, do not buy a set of sunglasses, amen, if they're not polarized and if they do not have, amen, the UV protection, amen, amount posted on the sunglasses, That's at least that's what they say. Don't buy them if it don't state their UV protection. It's the industry standard today. Why does God have us looking through sunglasses? Why does God have us looking through the glass darkly? Maybe it's because too much light could harm us. That's, that's a, you may say that's a goofy statement. I'm telling you, God is light, and there's only so much light that we can handle. Hallelujah. Maybe it's to protect us from things that belong solely to him. Maybe it's to keep us, amen, from things, amen, that he don't really want us to know about right now. Don't mean he won't let us know in the future, but he's protecting us from things that are just simply or could be simply too much for us. Hallelujah. So I thank God for protecting me. And I thank God this morning that God don't let me in on everything that he's doing. You know why? Because if God let me in on everything he was doing, it would blow my mind and your mind too. Oh God. I want you to know when you leave here this morning, amen, that you don't have to defend God and you don't have to make excuses for God. None of us do. God does what God does, and God's got reasons for doing it his way. We just got to accept it. Amen. And keep on trusting God. Hallelujah. And keep on believing in God. Amen. We're not even going to ask for a song this morning. This has been kind of a lengthy. It's one o'clock. I've been up here probably a little over an hour now. God bless you. <laughs> I know you're getting tired and sleepy and weary by now, but hey, I just had to get that off my chest. Brother Bobby. Amen, Sister Haley, Sister Kimberly, I don't understand. If they're not if they're not in here, then that's all right. Other folks that are dealing with stuff, I may not understand why you're having to deal with it. Amen, but we're going to keep praying for you and believing for you and hoping you get your miracle and healing. And if you don't, amen, all we know to do is just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Let's stand to our feet this morning, lift our hands to heaven and say, God, help me to understand your will and your way for me. God, help me to understand your word. Help me understand why these little bitty stories are tucked in there from here and there and, you know, just to get my attention when I'm reading it, God. And, Lord, you know, you know, God, that these little things seem to get my attention. Hallelujah, God. And then I have to start digging and studying and praying and trying to understand it, God. But that's why you created the Word of God the way that you did. Hallelujah. That's why you formed it the way you did, put it together the way you did so that we can be interested and that we can dig and study and pray so that, we can hopefully find better understanding in you. Knowing and understanding this morning, we'll never know all that you know. We'll never see all that you see. So we put our trust in you this morning, God, as a church family. That as we're going through all of these battles that we're fighting together as a church family, as we're going through these valleys, and as we're trying to climb these hills, God, hallelujah, oh, God, that we need to put our trust in you and know assuredly, God, that you're going to see us through all way. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you for coming and listening. Amen. I would like at Woodlock like for right now before you start mixing and mingling for all of the directors amen church directors to make your way right now to, the, to my office so that we can quickly get this done. Amen. I want to bring you up to par of what's happening so you can get back out here in fellowship with family and friends and loved ones. The viewing today amen at Wheeler Funeral Home will start at 5 o'clock from 5 to 8 o'clock. Amen. So try to be there. Let's support this family if you can. Praise God.